a Korin Tiger's haiku. Footloose by Craig Laporte. Dancing had been banned, so they all banged Moore's daughter. Now he lets them dance. <laughs> first episode of season two guys welcome back welcome back listeners welcome back dan welcome back ty welcome back everybody thank uh, you today here. we are going to be reviewing not the tiger king that is done we are moving on as we said in our preview episode today we're going to talk about the 1984 smash hit, maybe not a smash hit, I don't know, but I like it. Uh, the movie's Footloose, starring Kevin Bacon. Um, first, let's take a minute and get reacquainted, because for those of you who hasn't heard from us from a little while, my name's Craig Laporte, I'm your host. I am joined, as always, by my good friends Dan Hurt and Ty Roberts. Uh, Dan, why don't you say hello? Yeah, hello everybody, how are you? That's not how Dan usually talks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying something, it's a new season, I'm trying some new stuff. You know, I was thinking, Daniel? I was thinking either like a fog, a foghorn leghorn sort of thing, or like uh, uh, <laughs> what's that Bobcat Goldthwait? I don't really know everybody. That's not bad. Oh, oh yeah, and Ty's got a soundboard. If you didn't listen to the uh, Ty's here, Ty Roberts wants you to say hello as well. Hi everybody, good to be back, and uh, happy to be talking about uh, Footloose. Uh, a Kevin Bacon film. Is this not filmed before a live studio audience like Cheers was? <laughs> On the podcast? Yeah. I'm looking at myself in a mirror while I do this, but I do that with a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I don't... Can I just, before, you know, before we really dive in here, Ty, how many mm-hmm. buttons are on this soundboard? How many buttons are on a keyboard, Craig? Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) For the first time in my life, the answer is too many. (laughs) So, so guys, we're going to follow a very similar format to what we did last season with uh, the Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. We are going to uh, just review this one movie, though, for this one episode. And uh, the following episode will be something completely new, completely different, selected by uh, one of these other two gentlemen, as I won the draw to select our first topic, and I chose this movie. So the obvious question, I guess, is why did I choose this movie? We're going to get to there in a minute. We've got some run- some things to run down first. One thing I wanted to mention is that we are now on social media. If anybody wants to follow along, uh, have some conversation, and uh, you know, see some goofy pictures that we're posting about the episodes, and so you'll know when they're coming. Uh, we are at the Quarantigers on Instagram. That's Insta. What is it? Instagram. It's Instagram. Instagram. Uh, the kids are using it these days. They're not on the Facebook anymore. The kids are using the Instagram. Uh, we had a couple listeners find us on Instagram last season because I was sharing episode releases on my personal account. Mm-hmm. But that mm-hmm. seemed weird to make somebody follow me and see pictures of my kids and my wife to uh, find out when they can listen to us. You know, <laughs> weird for Because I don't like that's fine with me. Yeah, I'm sure my wife and kids are fine with it too. Um, so yeah, you can find us online now uh, at the quarant as the Quarant Tigers 
on Instagram. And as always, you can always reach out to us at thequarantaggers at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, and if you want to contribute uh, episode suggestions for our fourth episode, which is a, w- a ways out, but we're, that will be a user, the uh, user, a listener. You might be users. I don't know. Well, that's your own personal problems. I hope you take care of them. Um, a listener uh, selected topic. So uh, we didn't get an email from Giselle this week. I did send her a message an hour and a half ago on Instagram and say, hey, uh, clock's ticking. We're recording soon. Uh, she didn't reply. Uh, God, so I hope she's okay. Ha- I, I hope, hope everything's she's okay. All right. <clears throat> uh, you know, you never know. It's um, like a canary in a coal mine, this, uh, this, this letter from G. Like if she doesn't send it, I'm worried. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? We've really screwed up how we operated this. Well, yeah. she she was one of the first people to uh, follow our new Instagram account, so I do have recent activity, guys. Okay. Since our okay. last message, uh, as far as I know, she's doing well. But Any we pictures of her of- next to a recent newspaper? I can. I'll put in a request. <laughs> okay. I'm just asking. Like a like a verification video, like just to yeah, ensure exactly. it's really yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. Well, we can. You do know that. what? Can, can I just jump in real quick, Craig? Dan, I want you to. I'm excited to find out what this season's going to look like for the Corn Tigers. Like as as a listener, I'm excited to find out what happens. Dan, you're not a listener. Hmm. You're you're contributing. Well, no, no, no. I think I wear many hats in my life. That's right? true. Yeah, me too. I'm excited. Uh, I, I thought I've you were just some... talking about hats. Time. I was excited <laughs> to have a let's have a hat podcast. <laughs> I've been uh, it's slowly but surely building up the chamber of. Uh, of uh, different uh, ideas. And um, since we don't have to do them so frequently, I mean, it's kind of easy to come up with them and come up with great ones. Yeah. Um, we don't have to race against the clock to get to the end of a series like we did with the last one. So I really hope that each episode is uh, a little more um, obviously self-contained, but a little more quality because we're not forcing ourselves into, you know, episode five of something, regardless of whether it's a good or bad thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, if I can, and I don't know, maybe we, maybe we, uh, maybe we have to edit this out, but I, I, I want to make sure that things that we do in this podcast are still tasteful. Peek behind the curtain for the listeners here. We have uh, a shared kind of rundown of the episode that we, we all have access to. And someone, uh, one of you two gentlemen has added something. It's usually my responsibility to write this up. Yeah, guys. And um, someone has me. added a special guest introduction. So uh, Ty Roberts, take it away. Well, it was hard to get him, especially hard since he's dead. But I'd like... Um... Gentlemen, I'd like to welcome to the Corn Tigers podcast, Detroit radio broadcasting legend. He frankly needs no introduction. Why don't you say hello, Alan? This is old Uncle Alan Allman, and uh, we've got a surprise for you. Yes, we sure do. <laughs> Alan, on behalf of all of us, I just want to welcome you, and I'm sure we're all thrilled you're and here. I want to welcome you with open arms. And uh, thank you, Alan. Thanks for being on the thank show. Thank you. <laughs> was that the whole thing? That was it? Wow. No, Alan's with us, right, Alan? Yeah. Okay, Alan's gonna be. He seems to be having some mic problems. He might. He's well, got I don't know what he's activated. got to contribute in um, Footloose. Um, Alan, have you seen Footloose? Once again. Uh... Well, he might have much. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't have much to contribute about the movie, but we're glad to have him here. Thanks, Alan. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, wow! Wow! We Christ. got him. How do we get him? That's unbelievable. I don't, I don't know. know. I really I'm wanted to be for your touch. Oh. Oh, man. <laughs> oh Alan, what kind of program PG. was this? We just Dan just got finished talking about tasteless stuff. I, Ten bucks says Alan has banged Ariel. <laughs> um, Thank you for being there when I need you. Oh, that's that's the Ariel, I'm sure. Um, uh, let's. So we we've already had a, a very basic description of the plot. 
Um, but why don't we Didn't get we? into a returning segment? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, via haiku, I think we got into the most <clears throat> basic description hey, of the plot. Oh, hang on, Craig. Well done. That was oh, a, you, a that was a ten out of ten haiku. You like that? Thank you. I enjoyed Thank the you. hell out of it. Okay, well, maybe we'll keep that around going forward. Well, he's uh, a poetry expert. <laughs> There's, there's the a few poetry need. experts on this uh, <laughs> on this podcast. Uh, there is, however, a TV guide aficionado slash um, whatever being really good at something. Uh, an adjective for that is, uh, boy, I'm struggling here. Dan, let's get to Book of Dan. I'm, I'm what they call a worder. I, 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 I do Al- words. Alan, yes. Alan, what did you think about the haiku? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you're dead. <laughs> in your booze. All right, book it, Dan. And uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't catch season one with the Tiger King, uh, the reason we did these is because often the synopsis provided by the the people that you know publish and, and produce the movie is sometimes just not actually reflective of the movie and the experience that the viewer has and the things that they see. So here's here's kind of my my well, here's what I saw. And, and how I documented it with my wording, as I previously mentioned. Pushed to the brink by the love and concern of her religious father, average-looking small-town teen Ariel makes multiple attempts at her own life. That is until Wren, a big city kid, makes her think twice. Ariel hangs up her whorish ways and explores her sexuality through what could be considered at the least titillating form of dancing possible. Also... She stopped trying to kill herself for now. That's you know, uh, I watched a different movie. I are, no, I see. Yeah, I, I think it's decided on Slutty McCorface, but uh, <laughs> there was a lot of other stuff going on in this movie. But no, two thirds of the way through this movie, when she was on her second or third beating, I did jut down. <laughs> She's having a rough go. <laughs> having a rough go. You know who didn't really care that much? Ren. Yeah. yeah. It's so, like, uh, uh, you know. so do I still get that box or what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a child's like toy? a jerk. <laughs> anyway, so I guess before we dive into the meat of Ariel, um, we'll ask Alan what he thought of the book of Dan. Alan? Congratulations, sweetheart. Oh, oh wow. Just high praise. No kidding. I guess one question I want to make sure we address at the start of every episode is uh, whoever is the one who selected the movie in this or whatever the subject is Mm -hmm. uh, gives a brief explanation as to why they selected it. So why I picked this movie. Um, I'm a big fan of 80s movies. I just turned 40 a couple weeks ago. So I was born in 1980. I grew up with these uh, on the TV and it was obviously a much simpler time. And this movie in particular seems to be uh, very much of the time in that it is almost a uh, mad lib of 1980s movie tropes. Mm. And it just kind of, it, it hits so many of those high, high marks that I like uh, among cheesy eighties movies. Um, and being the age that I was at the time when I was watching this, which was anywhere, it came out in 84. So I was over four, but I was probably watching it closer to eight, nine, 10. Uh, all these kids seemed cool. Um, they don't necessarily anymore at the time, but, uh, uh, this seemed like just the greatest thing in the world, like to be at that dance at the end and to be in this, you know, action packed life and, uh, playing tractor, uh, Chicken. chicken chicken right like there were so many things in this movie that as a young man i just thought were the coolest things in the world including the music the music is amazing across the board <laughs> there's not a bad yeah. song 
that came on. So I really liked it. Uh, I actually came up, like I said, this this is really heavy on 80s tropes. So what I came up with was a quick list. Uh, and we're going to play, is this an 80s trope or no really quick? And I could, want could your guys' we, opinion. Could we, I just want you, is this, is it, could we possibly rename this segment trope or not trope? Trope or not trope? Sure. Is that, okay. Okay. Yeah, trope or not trope. We don't have to play this with absolutely any other movie that comes up along the way. We're just doing it right now. So, uh, I I had seen a, li- a list of uh, I kind of consulted a list of movie tropes as well to see how many I could I could pick out. Yeah. And you guys need to tell me if these are 1980s movie tropes. There are dystopian rules in this case. No dancing. Is that an 80s movie trope? I mean, I'm mm. younger than you guys, so it's really tough for me to get into the same yeah, sort Dan, of you're wheelhouse. Like, you're like but two years, three years younger. <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, this must be really difficult for you. I want to say yes. I want to tilt slightly to yes. How about on this? A big city kid in a small town slash oh, fish yeah. out of water. <clears throat> fish out of 100%. Yeah. Trope. Hard trope. Mm-hmm. What about the disappeared dad? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that fits. Straddling side-by-side cars with an oncoming truck. Is that a thing? Was that a thing in the 80s? <laughs> I can I've think only of, seen this happen twice. I can think of two I can other remember. movies. Oh, really? Both of those okay. movies were in the 80s. I can't remember the name of one of them, though. And okay, the one well, that I can remember, I'm not going to say it because it was like a, a 1983 Porky Skinamax movie that I probably liked as a seven-year-old and I was rock hard the whole time. <laughs> Just still have on VHS. Is this why somewhere. Van Damme did that in that commercial then? <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't even think of that. Maybe, yeah. Because he's an oh. 80s star. Yeah, exactly. So was it a callback? Was it meant to be a callback I missed? It might be. Are we comparing well, a not Dana Harrell or Daryl Hannah or whatever Darryl the Hannah. hell? Yeah. Not Daryl uh, Hannah. <laughs> not Daryl <laughs> Hannah. Slutty McCorface is her name. Slutty McCorface. That's hilarious you said that, Dan, because I thought I was looking at Daryl Hannah when I watched this movie and I had to look it up and uh, – what Several times. I would have bet serious money that that was Daryl Hannah I was watching. Did yeah. you know that Daryl Hannah turned down that role? I did. No. Yep. <laughs> so wow. they got they got not Daryl Hannah to do that role. Do you know who That's turned great. down the role of Ren? Yes, I do. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. And? Go ahead. Rob Lowe. Oh, boy. I would have watched Rob Lowe in this. I don't think Tom Cruise could have pulled it off. I would not have intentionally watched this movie with anybody in that role. <laughs> Just for the sake of clarity. <laughs> All the Tom okay. Cruise 80s movies that he's famous for, like I know the Cocktails one, right? Yeah. Um, everyone that's not Top Gun, I have not seen. Oh, really? Yeah. So, um, but I have a feeling they, they have a lot of the, that trope list you were talking about earlier. Yeah. has a lot of the same uh, hits on those Tom Cruise 80s movies that I haven't. How about Abandoned Warehouse? Oh. Well, yeah, you know, is that an '80s thing or is that just a a, a a cheap film set thing? You think? I think that's an I I consider it an '80s thing. Yeah, yeah. Just it coming actually, off President Carter, I think. And uh... <laughs> nice. Here's one: uh, the accidental hero. Um, In the context <clears throat> of this movie, um, he wins the chicken race. Mm-hmm. But not on purpose, oh. and people love him for it. Oh, I thought it was a weird choice in in that race that it was an accident that he lost, because 
or that he won <laughs> because his uh, sort that he, that he won. I'm sorry because yeah. his um, cheap shoelace. He was stuck. Uh, yeah. yeah, that seemed ridiculous because I think I could break a shoelace to save my life. What about you guys? <laughs> Well, I don't know how fit he was for the role. Maybe it just wasn't possible. Shoelaces were made much better back then. There was no point. This guy was an athlete. Made in America, goddammit. Straight up athlete. Made in America. Uh, Angry Dancing. Is that... Okay, I don't. I haven't seen enough movies. I guess. Yeah, neither. Have I I, don't, I okay. cannot recall. I guess the only no. other angry dancing I can was a parody of this that I can think of. Yeah, yeah. Hot Rod. Hot Rod. of the Concords. Yeah, I knew yeah. as soon as I picked Footloose and you said that you hadn't seen it that you were going to immediately love the angry dancing scene because of Hot Rod. Yes. Now I I did know that that scene was from Footloose. I just didn't connect it because that that scene has been parodied probably 300 times over the sure. course of history uh i think family guys done it i think i think it's been everywhere um but it was nice to actually see it in context for the first time yeah so guys in all honesty i've got i've got about 11 more of these but we don't have to go through all wow. of them wow um, okay good. The bi- a big one though was the repeat cut um a movie making trope uh where ren is shown jumping off of the high bar in the warehouse five consecutive times oh yep yep yeah that seems very 80s. that's yep. a huge 80s thing from six yeah they did it from three different angles and they just cycled through each shot about three times over and over yep. and over again you really went through this with a microscope and thought about it yeah another uh another pre experience from his skinamax days yeah another pre-90s trope is uh, slapping women. Which is not funny. And a dance party ending. Yes. You know what I liked? That maybe that this is, I could consider this uh, an 80s movie trope. Go ahead. Because this doesn't happen anymore in modern movies. It was really, didn't it feel nice that the bad guy was just the bad guy? Are you talking yeah. about Roger or Chuck? Who are you talking about? Chuck. Yeah. He didn't have to like uh, redeem himself at the end or turn into mm. a good guy or realize, you know, it seems to be like this, this late uh, development where every bad guy in film and television, it doesn't matter what he did. He could kill 40 people and then he can do something <laughs> great at the end and he's redeemed. In this you know? one, yeah, Chuck would have been dancing with them at the dance at the end and they would have like patted themselves yeah. on the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, they would have just smiled at each other. Like, let's yeah. move on. I feel like we're jumping around a little bit here, but I'm going to jump just for the, I'm going to just jump back for a second. Actually, I thought. Yeah, there it is. (laughs) Thanks, Dan. You're welcome. I thought thought Chuck actually did have a turn of heart and then he showed up for the fight. So when they have the, uh, the, the, the scene at the town council or whatever, where Ren's doing his, uh, his Mr. Smith goes to Washington speech or, or whatever the hell that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like all the, the tough guys are in the door of the uh, door of the thing and Chuck's there. And I thought he was nodding along like, yeah, I'm on board. And then he shows up for a goddamn fight at the I thought uh, he was laughing house. at him. I thought he was laughing at him at the meeting. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Could be. Look at, <laughs> look at this loser. Like one of those. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, Fair enough. Fair enough. I just like, I thought. He's clearly a bad guy at the end, and I, I just like that. Sometimes oh, bad it, guys are just bad guys, you know? Mm-hmm. The preacher's kid is a bad <laughs> kid, always. Yeah. Guys, I was gen. I feel like fucking June Diane Raphael saying this, but I was genuinely upset when she was doing the, the car splits <laughs> thing. Like, yes. that made me very uncomfortable. Well, here, this, that's very close to the start of the, the movie. So uh, I don't have a full chronological breakdown, but I do think it's important to, to cover some key scenes. Uh, that is the very first time that we 
Uh, obviously, we see Ariel in church. She's not really paying attention, despite the fact that her dad is the the, the reverend. You know, he's giving the sermon up there. She's yeah. chatting with her girls and checking out the new guy, Ren, and, you know, being a little uh, a little scandalous in church. And then afterwards, she says, oh, we're going to go, you know, meet up with our friends at the diner or whatever. And then we get our first real look at Ariel when she jumps out the window of a fucking car and steps on the uh, the guy's car because she's going to go over there and blow him or something. Mm. Uh, she's just clearly a complete whore bag. And it's not really claimed that she's under the influence of anything. No. Um, what's crazy about this is this is supposed to be a likable key character. She's not a good supposed- person. Oh, I don't know. No, I don't. I didn't get that at all that she was supposed to be likable. I think I think we're she's supposed- not an antagonist. Of, well, not she ends up being the love interest of the guy that definitely is the main likable yeah, guy. Yeah. She's- and so why would she be if you know what I mean? She's such a, to me that character is such is done in such a weird and unique way because usually like that love interest is just this clearly hot you know she's she's not not nearly so scandalous and uh, like damaged and reckless and uh, you know she just she has a lot of obvious flaws and that usually doesn't come up in these style movies it's just you know he's got to get the cheerleader or something like that and she is not the cheerleader just a, it seemed to me that at a point in this film i think it's when she's talking to her dad and, and trying to like defend herself and saying that she's um that she should be accepted for who she is and not who he wants her to be that it's just suddenly we're shifting gears and we're supposed to feel bad for her out of nowhere and i just thought uh, this is this really isn't earned at this point <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I'm supposed to sympathize with her right now, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe, um, maybe I didn't have a fun enough uh, teenage phase in my life that uh, I can't. I couldn't empathize with her at all. I mean, not. And who could? I mean, nobody's doing uh, crazy evil can evil stunts in their teenage years to that extent. I don't think even even douchebag but, Chuck was not on board with that. No, yeah, no. good call. Good call. Well, it was even funny. Chuck was thought better of it. It was funny at the end of that scene. I was actually. Just as upset, Ty, and dare I say more so, but for a very different reason. One of the last things we hear in that scene is Rusty in the back of that truck, or in the back of the car, saying, he should have never let her done that, that jerk. (laughs) Like, it was the dude's fault that she stood there and refused to hop in the damn truck. Like he was like, okay, this is dangerous, whatever. Yeah, here she comes. You know, we'll make this happen. No big deal. Oh, hey, there's a there's a rig coming. Oh, you're just going to hang out out there while we drive? Hey, guys, why don't we hit the brakes? No, we're just going to keep going. We're almost going to die. Okay, cool. Yeah, like that was all under his control. The friends immediately blamed the dude, and that upset me. You know, I, I feel like we've actually jumped past the opening credit sequence. Should we jump back? Hold on. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just okay. keep my finger on that one. I, I, I just figured out hovering <laughs> over that button. So uh, Dan, so yeah. Dan, go ahead. What, what, I didn't actually make a single note about the opening credits. It's it's feet dancing, but you, do, you, that, you do. No, I think you've summed it up nicely there, Craig. I um, really, really didn't like this. Didn't care for that scene at all. <laughs> Neither did I. It's three and a half minutes of feet and ankles and toes and and ugly pants. It's yeah. just it's it's so friggin' weird, and it's they I mean, didn't have okay. to pull every shoe out of the Salvation Army thrift store <sighs> either. <laughs> somebody, somebody somewhere has pleasured themselves to that opening segment. <laughs> oh, gross. You're a hundred percent right. 
It's so sad. <laughs> what kind of world are we living in, guys? This is oh. some people like feet, man. It's not my thing, but uh, okay, some people so, like feet. So can we talk about Ren and his mother and and how they kind of moved from Chicago, from big city Chicago to sure. uh, what is it, Beaumont? Uh, yeah, Beaumont, Oklahoma. Beaumont. Oh, yeah, cool. guys. So, sorry. Before we do that, I I do want to point out because uh, it it covers it really overarches the whole story when you think yeah. about it. That Footloose is based, the movie is based on the real town of Elmore City, Oklahoma, where dancing was really banned. Isn't that wild? And the guy found out about it. One of the writers found out about it, <laughs> and uh, that's wrote your the movie. revelation of the day. <laughs> so uh, I just want to point out that I believe everything that happened in this documentary, and I'm glad we're doing another yeah. documentary after the Tiger King. Uh, so sorry, Dan, go ahead. Uh, so, uh, what was it? So, I tell I us about the move it, from Chicago. I did. I don't really have much to tell. I mean, this is Ren's story, to be fair. But um, I, what I what I didn't really get is why are they there? Um, I, I also didn't necessarily understand. Why? Why? I, like, okay, maybe maybe the teenage boy goes and lives, or the teenage kid goes and lives with the cousins or the aunt or something like that. But like, why is his mom there? And what the fuck is she doing? She just she just stands around. She doesn't actually do anything. No, she got a job and she lost a job because of Ren. Is that what happened? Yeah, she got a job uh, later in the movie. This is I've seen this movie. Uh, full disclosure, probably between five and ten times. It's not. It's in that range. Wow. Uh, over my entire life, only twice within the last five or six years, including this time. It's and it's the first time I caught the. I really caught the backstory. Uh, Ren's dad pieced out. Uh, they were apparently there was some marital troubles. Ren was trying to do everything he could to try to keep dad around. He thought that that was his responsibility, and he realized that nothing he, and nothing he could do was ever going to make that happen. So dad pieces out. They move away from Chicago to go and live with family, probably just to get set up there. Because we literally we begin with them on their first day in town. So maybe the intent is, hey, mom's going to get a job, get their own place. But for now, they're staying with uh, the weird uncle with the the brown hair and the blonde mustache. Uh, yeah. It doesn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> and, and that family, I think that's why they're there. It's 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 pieced together very strangely and at very odd points in the story. But uh, that's what I came up with on this particular watch through. So hang on. You had said something about her having a job and he lost. They, she lost the job because of Ren. Yes, it happens late in the movie. I don't remember the exact point, but uh, oh, it's when the brick gets thrown through the window. Oh, that was, that, that was, was a bunch of bullshit. Disturbing that's, as yes. hell. And then immediately, <laughs> Unc, Uncle, Uncle Jerkface is like, Ren, this is your, your fault. fault. Yep. What? Yeah. So but not even really in a like, says, convincing way. Like, Well, he's not a good actor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you like, see, if a brick flew into the window of my two little sweet, innocent sleeping daughters, I would probably go a little bit more nutty. Well, gosh darn it, this just has to stop. Well, all the darn that brick could have hit one of these girls. And right what did the, head. Wait, what did the brick say? Like you should die or something like that? It was something uh, terrible. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. That's another eighties trope is the the message on the brick through the window. Yep. Yeah. That's another one. Horrifying. Uh, Horrifying so scene. He yells during that scene. He says, And your mother lost your job today because of you. And the mom tells him straight out, she's like, Yeah, they said that you're a tr- they heard that you were a troublemaker and maybe I should go home and be a better mom. That explains why neither of us picked that up because we were probably both traumatized. <laughs> 
I've at that exact this, point. I've witnessed this trauma a couple of times, so I was able to calm down a little bit. Yeah, yeah that to me, that came out of absolute nowhere. Just amazing. Yeah, like we're in a happy, dancey '80s, no cares in the world movie, and all of a sudden, like it was ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous so that's that's like the the last probably quarter of the movie so why don't we uh jump back ty i said come on i couldn't set you up any better there um yeah. we'll go back to the beginning um because what the 45 different uh yeah. <laughs> it's not you know you need to treat it treat it like a, a new video game where they Kind of introduce you one button at a time. You know what I mean? X. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so one of my favorite favorite moments, the strangest moments in the whole thing is uh, the brunch scene right at the beginning after they have the uh, the conversation about the bad books in the school to kind of give you the tone of the town, right? Like this place is very much in a oppressive overly uh they're they're kind of overreacting to uh, cultural things that you know are deemed acceptable other way whether it's literature or music or dancing they're really obviously well, the hammer, key hammer incident that was the death of his son the, the preacher's son right yes yes that's right. what that's I'm, what drove it and that's what caused the rules to get there so there's a quick conversation where ren is kind of first exposed to this idea that hey this town's pretty tight on these things and someone tells him uh, says the slaughterhouse five books should be burned or should be banned. And he's like, Oh, it's a good book. They get upset. I love and, that. There's a book called slaughterhouse five. <laughs> yeah. It's a real book. It's by Kurt Vonnegut. I think. Vonnegut. Legit, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and afterward, immediately after that scene though, he's at, uh, he's at lunch or brunch or whatever the hell it is with the family and the little girl, the little girl says, if you ask me, Ren is a total Fox. That what girl's the like hell is six. That? that girl's like six. Well, Dan, I'm glad you asked. Cause I did a, I did a look up, for oh a modern day translation of that. And what I came oh. up with was, uh, uh, Ren got that good dick, yo. Really? Oh. Yeah. I think that's what the child was saying. So, is this, is, <laughs> <laughs> do you remember what I was talking about, about tasteless, uh, tasteless humor? Do you remember that? <laughs> it was moments ago. It tastes fine to me. Um, so, <laughs> Uh, immediately after that, we're taken to uh, the the first instance where we kind of find out more about music being danced and uh, music music being banned and how how the teens are handling it. Because up till this point, we just think like, yeah, Ariel's a bad girl. She was you know jumping between trucks and cars, and but we find out immediately that when there's no adults around, these kids don't give a fuck. And Ariel plays a smuggled tape at the diner on a boombox. And there's all kinds of crazy 80s shit happening at this diner that I am absolutely in love with. This is one of the oh, scenes that makes me, <laughs> it makes me love this movie is this thing. So she puts it on. People are dancing. There's the dude at the Pac-Man machine dancing while he's playing Pac-Man. Yep. Now, I've played a lot of video games in my day, stand-up machines even, yep. and it is impossible to play a game and dance the way that man was. I want to see the cut where I can see what's happening on screen because I guarantee he was not doing well. Um, well the arcade machines became collateral damage uh, when – uh, the aftermath of this incident, you could see them in the background being carted off. Yes, you <laughs> should. I remember I did, that I scene. I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Just the yeah, real poor subtle. Pac-Man had all yeah. this, uh, Pac-Man had nothing to do with it. The guy was giving him <laughs> Pac-Man a lap dance, and then poor Pac-Man gets carted out. <laughs> My Ridiculous. favorite aspect of this uh, whole scene too is that we see people all over the entire diner facility dancing to this little boombox, which obviously is just it's like a, a three block radius. People yeah, are dancing it's got a to really this. Really impressive sound. Yeah, and then the preacher sneaks up, or, or the Reverend Reverend Shaw sneaks up, and. Uh, you know, we hear the the record skip kind of thing, and and it goes off. And what happens next is everybody within this three kilometer radius mm-hmm. suddenly, including the girls in the back bathroom, have yeah. a direct line of sight yeah. to where this confrontation is happening. Mm-hmm. And everyone stops and watches as the daughter, you know, has the confrontation with uh, with her father, and she's supposed to be the one who's leading the charge for wasn't good it behavior. amazing. Because I expected him to just go off, you know, preacher style, and he didn't. He just gave everybody the cold stare, and it shut everyone up. That's you the know, power of a flyover state preacher, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> as far as bad guys go in the movie, he was not so bad. I mean, no, not at all. Well, I didn't even see him as the bad guy, really. Yeah. Oh, so he smacked her, but maybe she had it. I don't know. Maybe she had it. I don't know. <laughs> Well, yeah, like hot take. Dan, <laughs> it was the first smack. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he didn't drop one. <laughs> smack of passion. I mean, it was the 80s. This is how parents disciplined their children back in the day. It's, uh, yeah, right. it was just capital it was, punishment. It was of That's the right. time. And he, he had the courtesy of hitting her a spot she was already hit, so it wasn't a new mark. <laughs> that's terrible. Guys, that's terrible. Come on now. <laughs> Listen, we're we're taking this a controversial direction, but I'm gonna I'm gonna one up this and say that Reverend Shaw is the only redeeming character possibly in this entire story. There are a lot of terrible people including the people who are supposed to be our friends um, in this movie and in this city who who, I think I really do think Reverend Shaw is the only one who at the end has bettered himself. It is weird. And we do have a clip of Reverend Shaw. Uh, Let's play that clip. Uh, Sound room. If our Lord wasn't testing us, why he could take all these pornographic books and albums and turn them into one big fiery cinder like that. See, so when he, yeah, when he decides to stop the book burning, is he doing it because they should, even though he disagrees with the content, they should still be around as a test from the Lord? Or is he just doing it because he realizes it's just a bad practice in general to burn books and <laughs> it's kind of frowned upon crazy on the censorship bit. front? Yeah. <laughs> well, he says in his uh, response to that, when he's when he's talking to the, the gathered uh, horde, you know, that Satan, <laughs> Satan is not in those books. Satan is in your heart. And you know, go ahead. Uh, I'm I just if, if we need to look out for anybody in this whole fucking movie, it's Roger. This guy has got a wild hair for burning books. You know what I mean? Like every every chance he gets, he's like, mm, maybe we should burn the books. You guys want to burn the books? Like literally every chance he gets, he's all there is over a it. there is a darker cut of this movie that uh, never made it to the theater where Roger oh. burns down the dance hall with all of the children in it at the end. I, I think there's a possible footloose apt pupil <laughs> crossover. Footloose what crossover? A, a footloose apt pupil. Did you guys see apt pupil? <laughs> no, I have not. No. Oh my Put god. Put on the list. 
<laughs> no, it's it's not really. Uh, App pupil is uh, Ian McKellen. He plays okay. a. Um, I think it's a Stephen King book. Uh, he plays a um, a Nazi like a death camp guard who's who's hid in the uh hid in some suburban town in America for years but then some kid actually clues in on him. I'm thinking that's Roger like 20 years ago. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> so we move on to the first day of school. How what, what were our thoughts on the on Ren's first day of school? Ty, what did you think? What did you uh, think about his, was... his approach to his first day of school? Did you think he was really hmm. trying to get him like well, Kevin Bacon used what Kevin Bacon's going to use to get out of trouble, and that's that young Kevin Bacon smile. Uh, <laughs> I cannot believe him. it worked out beautifully. He made his best friend. He turned his best friend was began as a confrontation, a misunderstanding about who was walking where. Um, you know, I kind of refer ended. to that scene as the meet cute between Ren and Willard. <laughs> because they, they they like bump into each other and then it's like uh they're 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 shooting jabs at each other and then they practically end up hugging at the end of the scene yeah it was fantastic it made yeah. me feel great yeah uh, well, one of my favorite uh, yeah. yeah i mean if we could all have a friend like that my first interaction with ty roberts was uh he was in the training room at uh at a certain retail store oh. whoa, 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 whoa. this do you recall this no, I don't. I, uh, I can't recall you telling me this story either. Our very first interaction. I still remember it uh, clearly. Oh, no. I had stepped over to the section where the employee mailboxes were, uh, mm-hmm. and you were right next to it as well. And uh, one of us, it was likely me, jostled the table. And so mm-hmm. I immediately yelled out, new guy! Because uh. <laughs> it was your first day. I had only been there for a very short time, but I did mm-hmm. get there ahead of you. And you were like, whoa, 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 hey, wait a minute. <laughs> and we had a laugh. And then we moved on. I was like, that guy's all right. Oh, well, that's great. I wish I could remember that. Why does everyone have such a better memory than I do about stuff? <laughs> I don't remember what I had for supper two and a half hours ago, but I remember that. Oh, good one. There's pesto chicken, you son of a bitch. Dan remembers too. Oh, my God. Um, so the first day of school, his he makes a lot of weird choices. Uh, where to me, he's really trying to establish himself as this is who I am. And he's not, doesn't really seem to be at all concerned with, hey, I want to try to learn what it means to be a kid in this school and, and get along with people and make friends. It's just, Let's I'm going to be Ren. His, uh, he is. And uh, Ren being Ren at the yeah. uh, cafe. Okay. Cute yeah. clip. Oh, God. Oh, God. Don't stop. Don't stop. Make ginger pop. Oh, shit. Really? No. Save one for me. <laughs> Alan Alda. <laughs> Alan Alda. Yeah. He was, uh, he was the fascinating new kid that everyone yes. wanted to, you know, he had that air about him. Sometimes you're the new kid and uh, no one could be less interested than they are in yeah. what you are or who you're about. Um, but this was the opposite. Because he had that Kevin Bacon big city haircut. Big city that, Chicago. Uh, Kevin Bacon big city smile. And uh, even though they wanted to hate him, they couldn't resist him. I am quite sure that Willard uh, nutted three times during that story, just watching his face. Uh, <laughs> if you watch it in slow motion, it is uncomfortable. Her car had those reclining open. seats. They go all the way back. <laughs> just his mouth is wide open. He's, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so this this whole this stop, is obviously. Don't stop! Don't stop! Make ginger. 
<laughs> Go ahead, Dan. Uh, Thank you. Uh, So this whole thing, I mean, these are all high school students, right? And what I wanted to do was I wanted to ask you guys who um, among the crew, because there was a few like repeat characters in this, uh, the the first and second tier people in the group. I wanted to ask you who you thought the oldest and the youngest ones as actors were for these collection of high school students. Oh, Dan, I like this. I yeah. think Lori Singer was the oldest. That's uh, Slutty McCorface. Yep. Okay. Okay. Ariel. Uh, so, so we think Lori. Who do you think is the youngest? I'm gonna it's go with. Don't I, say I was Kevin. Say, I was gonna say Kevin Bacon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ty, Ty, Ty what's your, what's your thoughts on this? Lori is old um, for playing a teenage girl, but I I just want to say Kevin's older. Kevin's older. Okay. I um, mean, because look at him now. And he looks, I don't know, I can recall him. Maybe this is makeup I'm thinking of now that I think about it. He was in the uh, last few movies I remember him and the biggest one of them is the X-Men movie. I don't know if you saw the one where first class where he was a bad guy. Yes. Hmm. And, I saw um, I don't remember him in there, but yeah. I'll roll but he, he kind of jumps back and forth in age as he's pretending to be, I think, because he's, uh, he's in World War II Germany for a while. And hmm. I just remember, I see his face in that film and he looks old. So I want to say in the 80s, he's older than he's pretending to be. Well, you, you're, you're both kind of right there. So uh, Kevin Bacon, when the movie came out, so it came out in 84, uh, 84 right? 84. Yes. So, yes. you know, we'll have to, that's the, that's the mark that we're going to use. So when the movie came out, Kevin Bacon was actually 26 years old. Woo! So not a kid. That's for sure. Now, Laurie well, Singer. Standard. It was a standard for a teenage uh, movie. For playing a high school student in a movie. Yeah. I mean, everybody on Saved by the Bell was 25. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that kind of continues. You might even call that an 80s movie trope. Oh, very good. Uh, Lori Singer, she was 27 when the movie came out. Yes. But they are not the oldest of the group. Chuck and um, is he 40 <laughs> well chuck was 28 and then there was okay. another 28 year old john laughlin and he played a guy called woody he was kind of like the really tall buff dude right the guy yeah. who held off three guys at the that's phone right booth. Yeah, yeah so he was 28 so the youngest we got a tie for the youngest in here and that is possibly sarah jessica parker, sarah jessica parker absolutely and peak chris penn uh you know R. I mean, R. This R. Movie, chris penn R.I.P. Skinny Chris Penn. Anyway, wait, is he actually dead? He's actually dead. Oh no! How did he die? Uh, I'm just finding out about this right now, guys. <laughs> I, I don't know. I can Google it for you quickly. Chris Penn uh, found dead in a condo on January 24, 2006, 2006. age of 40. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Alan Alda. <laughs> a non-specific <laughs> cardiomyopathy, a heart disease, cheese and rice. Watch your language. Well, I'll tell you what, man, he, if we can, if we can remember Chris Penn in one way, I'm going to remember him from the movie Footloose because he just, he, he, he's a, he's a good looking young kid. He's in great shape. Um, and then really everything went to shit for him, I guess. Yeah. It sounds like it. If I can <laughs> add to your, uh, terrible your, about that. your, your stats about ages, uh-huh. interestingly enough, uh, Reverend Shaw was only 13 years older than his daughter. Oh, my God. (laughs) As far as the actors go, right? John Lithgow is only 13 Uh. years. And Liv Liv Shaw, or Liv uh, Moore, sorry, Moore is their last name. Uh, Liv Moore was only 11 years older than Laurie Singer. That is so So, Imagine uh, being on the 
cast as somebody older than you are by that amount. Mm. So I hey, think- Sean Penn was in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. He was the uh, corrupt <laughs> cop, Eddie Pulaski. Close that, uh, close that tab, Dan. Yeah. Close that tab. Sorry. <laughs> I'll go back to the Slaughterhouse-Five tab. <laughs> so what that guarantees though more than anything else is uh that due to uh many laws we are never going to see a footloose prequel where well an 11 and 13 year old de-aging cgi is a miracle (laughs) it's out there hey have you guys seen any of the recent star wars with uh they they use a lot of cgi in those to even resurrect people I do like that you can just drop that on things that aren't really jokes. It's, it's great. It is too much power for one man. Yeah, it is. I can see that now. All right, so guys, nothing I can this do. Is, this has already taken far too long, guys. It's yeah, taken far too end, long. At the end of a day, at the end of a day, one of the days of school. I don't know if it's the first one. We get kind of the first confrontation between Ren and Chuck. And it's really it's presented to us as a oh. huge W for Ren, and I just mm-hmm. didn't see it where uh, well, Chuck so, says, "I thought only pansies oh, were." Hang ties. on, hang on, hang on, because we have an audio actuality from Let's this. Do it. Let's so do it. you have you have Ren I and Chuck. Only pansies wore neckties. Oh yeah, see that? I thought only assholes used the word pansy. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one. Shit. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Oh, you walked on it. You walked on it. I'm sorry. I, so the he didn't. Well, get listen, it. listen. Let's get it right. You want to hear it again? I, oh, I, Craig, Craig, I'm so sorry. I really do want to hear it again. Go. All right, here we go. I thought only pansies wore neckties. Oh yeah, see that? I thought only assholes used the word pansy. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one, Jack. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> what did I walk on? You could still hear all that. You know, she um, walked on the shut up. Yeah, no, no, I, no, I, uh, you you must be coming from six seconds in the future because I just missed it. And and oh my god, just the fact that he yeah, it's probably just the delay in the recording thing. But oh my god, I have to say, I was watching this, Jess. I was watching this with my wife on the, on the couch, and she wasn't really paying attention because, uh, to be fair, it's it's fucking footloose. Who cares? And uh, sorry, Craig. Take and it back. <laughs> when that Jump scene back. happened, I had to Jump back. <laughs> I had to I had to stop the movie from fucking laughing because this <laughs> shoot her up <laughs> just jumps down her throat. <laughs> you know she sh- she should know what Chuck is all about before he actually gets physical. She is fully oh, aware man. he is a just a piece of garbage person. It's an amazing audio bit because it's a Los Angeles style woke burn um, that uh, Ren woke lays burn. down. Yeah, is it? it's he it is a does, woke burn. Eh? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that is a that is a woke burn before they were cool. Um, okay. It's followed up with a stereotypical flyover. Shut up, woman! <laughs> uh, within five seconds of each other, nice, and it's nice. it's quite a contrast. I could see it's a picture, and that's humor. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so that event is what triggers us to the chicken race. One of the greatest movies of '80s cinematic history, uh, Tractor Chicken where Ren gets explained to him how to drive a tractor, because obviously he doesn't know how, uh, by two people, uh, one after the other, literally line by line. Uh, I really like Willard in that scene, because uh, he's just a goofball through the whole thing. Willard is 
Willie or Willard is probably the only other guy who I like through this whole movie where the whole time I'm just like, he seems like a sweet dude. You know, what's funny. I went to school with a guy. He was, he was a couple years younger than me, but he was, he was just spot on this Willard character. Like he was, he was like a heavy country kid. And, and we went to a, me and Ty went kind of to high school together. Um, What's happening? Is this so a this is a this is a little thing I invented. It's called Dan tells a story. Go ahead, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking, man. <laughs> it sounds oh like Willard. It sounds like Willard's the type of guy, or this guy you went to school with, who yeah. you'd see at like a backyard wedding. Uh, uh, oh, wow! Another he famous sure was. Yeah. callback. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember Willard. What do you mean? What? what oh, remember you're talking the about this guy. You're talking about so he was a guy here. that he. I mean, he was on my bus, um, and he was he was a nice kid. He was a couple years younger than <laughs> me. Bus. His name was Joe. On what? my bus. What do you want? <laughs> oh my god, you're so. It was Where? an hour and a half bus ride for Dan <laughs> to get grow? into town. Okay, we seriously, live? when we had football oh practice god. after school, the activity bus, I was the last. She would drive around the entire freaking Essex County and eventually curl back around to drop me off at home. I was the last one off. It was incredibly long. Maybe she's wow. afraid to cross the Ruscombe River. Nothing good happens uh, on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> All right, never mind, never mind. So Ren wins the chicken race. You guys having uh, allegedly never seen the chicken race before. How- I, I want to talk about how dumb this is. Let's do it. <laughs> so there are two tractors on a farm unattended. This is Chuck's dad's farm. Yeah, Thank Chuck- you. Okay. Chuck yep. Not clear. Chuck's dad, the farmer, is not on the property, presumably. Not there. It just seems like this has happened many, many times before. And I don't know what the other ends of those chickens have been like when they stopped the, the tractor. Cause I mean, they went into the ditch this time and they're doing it next to the ditch. That's like, a hundred thousand so, dollar piece of machinery. Yeah. yeah. So, and I actually wrote two <laughs> questions down there that really follow along the same lines. I wrote tractor chicken dash. How often can this happen? So not only did it like how, how often can you, go, how many tractors are they going through a year uh, because of this? <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> and what was the action plan? Like what what happens next? So you you do a chicken a tractor chicken and then what happens? Then then we call the ambulance or or the hearse to 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 like pull the dead body out of the, the ravine? Like how does this work? I've often heard that country kids are the fucking craziest kids in the world because wow. They're forced to come up with entertainment uh, situations yeah, like true. tractor chicken. I should tell you just... about a me and Joe from the bus story. Another another me from Joe. Can we the get bus a Brad and Chad story? story? One of my rhyming friends, Brad. <laughs> I got a country kid story. I used yeah, to work it. with this guy. Um, he was a country guy. Mm. In fact, he had a um, uh, is it Dale Earnhardt that had the number three yes. in NASCAR. You went to school with Dale Earnhardt. No, 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 no. Junior. I went to work. I okay. worked at yep. CP Rail for um, a summer. And there was this older gentleman who was a country guy, plaid shirt, mustache, ball cap. Every day he came in. And uh, he had one of these guys, he had a number three that he laminated with scotch tape onto the desk. <laughs> um, wow. That's anyway, we were at three working late one he night. He held up three fingers for a whole hour every day. <laughs> so, so. One night, a guy got hit in the tunnel, the Windsor-Detroit tunnel, and we didn't have anything to do. So, we were sitting there and he was telling me stories about stuff he used to do growing up in the country. And one of the things he used to do in the fall 
was take a cinder block, put it in the middle of the road, and then cover it in leaves and watch because it, it was this particular road where guys used to scream <laughs> around the corner and like He's Ford Mustangs and stuff. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and him and his uh, friend would sit in the ditch and watch cars. They'd wait for like 20, 30, 40 minutes. And a car would come screaming around the corner, speeding because there was no one around this road. And it was a famous road to just give her in the vehicle. And then they would run away before anything happened. And all they would, he would describe the noise they would hear as they ran away Jesus. of this piece of metal dragging a cinder block across the pavement for like half a kilometer when it tried to stop. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess country kids are doing some wacky shit. <laughs> 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 oh man! So Dan, do you have any uh, Ty or either of you gentlemen have anything else you want to go over for the chicken race before we move on past this historic moment? No, no, I don't know. Maybe just another opportunity to play the uh, the audio bit titled "Chicken," but that's oh yeah. Have... Let's let's cue it up. Oh, chicken! Mm. Yeah, and there it is. <laughs> there we go. That's from the cafeteria. Uh, that's from the cafeteria, but yeah, okay. di- different okay. chicken scene, I guess. But, but uh, still relevant. Uh, the yep. big thing, obviously, is that Ren won unintentionally. Uh, he was going to jump, but his shoelace, his <laughs> Kevlar <laughs> shoelace mm-hmm. yeah. on his Converse, made out of adamantium. Was, yeah, adamantium was wrapped, and so he couldn't. He couldn't jump, though he seemingly wanted to. Uh, Ren, you're gonna die. He wins. I can't move my foot. You know, I have to say, I really, I thought, given the circumstances, I thought, you know, he's tried to pull his foot up and then he sits down. He's looking around. He's like, oh my gosh, how do I do this? And he tries to pull his foot. He sits back down. He's like, oh my gosh. I thought he, I thought he did okay with the scene. Like, it's obviously stupid. His shoelace didn't break, but I kind of believed it. I was, I was on board for that. Now, I, I, I wouldn't. I didn't believe it, but he did the best he could with the material yeah, that he had. Yeah. Let's well, give him he's, the he's, he's Kevin Bacon. He's Kevin mm-hmm. Bacon. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this is the clincher for Ariel, where she takes the very normal step of sending out Rusty to go and fucking stalk him and report back to her with his entire daily schedule. Because this is what normal people do. Another reason to love slutty McCorface Ariel is that it's she's- an amazing Ariel just just. Yeah. All right. It's time to uh, reposition. Yeah. Uh, he, he lost the tractor race. He's gone. I'm dumping his ass. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to move on to the, the new tractor race champion. You know, I wonder if I were Kevin Bacon, if I wanted to keep this girl, I'd get rid of all the tractors in town. I wonder how early she left, like, the end results of the tractor race. Maybe she just saw, like, saw it turning over and thought, Oh Jesus! This guy's going to be crippled. I am out of here, you know. And she doesn't even know how it turned out. I'm not changing diapers. Um, <laughs> she very quickly switches, and now she's fully Team Ren. Has her investigation and reports back on everything that Ren is doing, including his new job. Which one of the main reasons not to like Ren as a human being is to watch his job interview, which we, we glossed over because <laughs> it happened before the chicken race. I cannot believe that he does this. And this combined with his first day of school are the first two things that hit me when later in the movie at the, after the meeting with city council where he's at the car wash with Willard or it might not be after that. That might not be the right order. When he's at the car wash with Willard, he says, guys, I've done everything to try to fit in and be accepted. Literally here. everything. And nobody wants to give me a chance. Uh, you, and, and you had the worst 
job interview ever. You did nothing to try to assimilate with any of these people, and you're holding it against them. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Ren might also, not be a good guy. Ren does not know how to wash a car. (laughs) (laughs) The wand is not, you know, a baton. This isn't a dancing exercise. Everything is a dancing exercise. Everybody knows you wash a car from, especially in a spray uh, garage, you wash it from the top to the bottom. You want to let the dirt and the soil. Yeah, exactly. You want to let it flow down. You don't spray all over the place like you're uh, going uh, ham on it. It's just, uh, it was really frustrating. Going ham on it? <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> that yeah, the word, Dan, come on, it's no pig's ear, but went ham on something <laughs> or sow's ear, whatever wisdom. I was just you going ham on this piece of chicken. Bonkers, like he's holding it waist high, like it's an extension of his dong, just going to town on his little VW. Uh, yeah. It was uh, hard to watch. <laughs> I didn't like it. Difficult to watch or hard to watch? <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> so uh, things are, when are starting we to talk build, about the though. angry dancing scene. Are we going to get well, to that? coming up? We got one thing before that because we're what an hour into it. this podcast. It's one thing that tr- the thing that triggers it is the attempted frame jo- frame job at school, where we find out about this undercurrent of people talking about Ren behind his back, and people are actively conspiring to try to take him out and put him in line. And, you know, he's obviously persona non grata in that whole city. Everybody knows who he is because of his cool haircut and his tie and his car and his loud music. And they don't like him. So someone tries to sell him drugs and it turns out that the teacher was in on it. Right. So Rand manages to sprint into the bathroom and flush the joint. You think the the teacher was in on that? Yeah, I disagree. Oh, I thought that was was really bad. I thought that was really bad writing, but I didn't think the teacher was in on it. We can agree to disagree, but this I is fascinating. It's fascinating to me that isn't this interesting. This is the second time that I thought, "Wow!" Because you can watch a movie ten, and I'm not harping on you, Craig. Because yeah, I've, yeah. I've realized this about myself too. Because there's movies in my uh, catalog that I've watched ten, twenty times for sure. And there's that odd time where one time you just see it differently, and you're like, "Whoa, I didn't catch that!" Like, it surprised me that you didn't see the arcades getting rolled out. Yeah, I didn't, I've never noticed that before. And it surprised me that you think the teacher was on on it because oh, I think you can get up because you you might be running through this movie with a perception that you developed as a child that you never looked back on watching it a second, third, fourth, mm-hmm. ten yeah, times. That happens. That happens all the time with me. Yeah, that's, usually, that's I have nature, to go yeah. like 10, 15 years between viewings. <laughs> To actually catch something I, that I thought, whoa, I had that totally wrong and I can't believe I had it wrong for so yeah. long. But I don't think – maybe we're wrong because, again, this is the first time Most we're likely. seeing it. But, but I don't think <laughs> – <laughs> but I don't think that teacher had anything to do with it. I just thought it was – you know, I thought that the kid was framing him up. So what the, what the teacher says though, as soon as he realizes he's not going to catch him – because here's the thing. There's one kid in the class who randomly just tries to sell him drugs. Yeah, and as soon sloppy. as he as soon sloppy. as he puts drugs into his hand, the teacher bursts in and says, "Oh, I, I just knew figured that he knew the teacher was coming. I, that's all I figured." Well, so oh, okay, I, here's I what I was, thought it was. I thought it was choreographed, and then but then here's the thing: the last thing the teacher says is, "The Reverend was right about you," and we did not see the Reverend have any conversations with this teacher. Or, we didn't see any of this stuff. This is all background happening among the others you know to use yeah, the, the movie jumps around kind of like that a couple yeah. of times where it just infers that a lot of time has passed and a lot of things are going on mm-hmm. in the background that you don't actually get to see because 
And it happens again when all of a sudden the whole town is burning, going crazy on <laughs> book burning and everything. It's just like, whoa, the unrest <laughs> yeah, is a little, little crazier than I yeah. expected. Yeah. <laughs> well, so that scene, I almost clipped that scene for, for audio. And, and the reason is because I thought it was such bad writing oh, yeah. uh, because because the guy says, hey, well, they, they call each other an asshole for some stuff. They're making fun of each other. And he's like, hey, but uh, I have drugs. Would you like drugs? And he's like, no, I don't want your fucking drugs. And he's like, here, just put this in your pocket. He's like, I don't want it. And then the teacher says, I'll take it. So it's like the teacher actually hears him say i don't want your drugs and then the teacher says you you have those drugs you're in trouble sir you know doesn't it's just, that it's, lean towards setup doesn't that make well, you lean it towards leans setup? towards something in, I, and, and in my opinion it's shitty writing <laughs> <laughs> i will agree with that assessment for sure yeah it's it's you a might have got us on that craig i don't know i'd have to rewatch it i just didn't get that i just thought it was badly written like that <laughs> We can uh, we can pause right now if you want to go back and re- no I'm just kidding. So he's he's frustrated. He's at his limits, and he does what anybody in his position would do when you've been told you can't dance. They're trying to kick you out of school. Yeah. Uh, you know you've won all. Like here's the thing: almost everything has gone his way to this point, other than that one thing. He's. he's I got to th- tell you, if I were this kid moving into a new town. I moved schools. I moved from Windsor to come see when I was in grade three. If it had went even a fraction as well as this went for him, I would be happy. I wouldn't be uh, rage <laughs> yeah. dancing in an abandoned warehouse. So what did you guys think of the warehouse dance scene? The iconic it was warehouse dance ridiculous. scene. It was <laughs> ridiculous. I'm surprised a lot of that was even classified as dancing. <laughs> <laughs> now, I thought, I thought it looked difficult to do. Some of oh, it, fair. I thought some of it looked difficult to do. And I thought, hmm, I don't know that I could do that. So good for him for doing it. But yeah, d- dancing is a tough thing to call it. I will give you that. Four stunt doubles were used to film that scene. Really? Uh, and um, I, 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 I was going to talk about the stunt doubles because obviously there's some shots in there that aren't him. Yes. But he, did, he does seem capable of doing some pretty, you know, I, I would imagine a dancer would call difficult things. Uh, in the world of dance that he does you do see him do things that yes. are not that don't that require some kind of talent in that field i think sure yeah it's one of my favorite aspects of this movie too is to watch the dance scenes whether it's the the big dance at the end or uh him teaching willard or uh anytime we get to see kevin bacon dance it's it's so fun to remember that that was 1984 peak fucking dancing everyone was like holy shit look at this guy go i wish i could dance and be that cool because it all looks pretty ridiculous now one day i may bring to this podcast a one or two episodes of miami vice because for the because i thought i had the exact same thought (laughs) watching season one one of the early episodes of that show where everyone, there's a bunch of cool people on a yacht. I swear, in this coolest music ever is playing, and you just see a bunch of people just moving their arms back and forth and just kind of... <laughs> they're, they're literally doing nothing. And I thought, imagine that's all you needed to do to be cool. That would have... <laughs> a, thing, a thing I was looking out for specifically while watching this entire movie, because I've, I've kind of become aware of it of the last over the last couple of years, and I don't know what triggered it, is whether the people in the scene can actually hear the music or not. And I think in this movie, 
for the most part, they can. They're playing the music on set. They're not just saying dance and it's mm-hmm. quiet so they can record the lines. I At think, least the same beat for sure. Yes. And that's yeah. the number one thing that I look for is I look for several people in the scene, at least with the same beat, especially mm-hmm. because apparently everyone in this town is a fucking professional dancer, despite the fact they've never been allowed to do it before. That's amazing, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> He has to teach one guy. Maybe that guy was teaching 12 other guys. It was sort of a chainmail thing. <laughs> so the dancing, my favorite part about the dancing before we move, or sorry, the warehouse dancing uh, before we move on is just his, uh, his trust in his own knowledge of this building because mm. he blindly leaps off several cliffs, yep. swings from several chains. I wonder mm. if there was like a, a cut scouting trip where like he showed up, made some notes. I was like, okay, no, that chain's connected there. And if I swing <laughs> from this side, I'll get to the second floor. Like, I want to see the cut where, because uh, the guy swings on the chain and then he starts to go back and then they cut. It's obviously a stuntman. But I want to see like him awkwardly slam against the wall. Go, He's oh! a trained, look, they, then- <laughs> they back this up. They back this up. Jump He's back. a trained gymnast. Uh, gymnasts just look at structures differently than we do as normal people. <laughs> I when guess, a gymnast you know walks into a room with bars and mm-hmm. uh, you know scaffolding and stuff, they're looking at the load-bearing walls. They know what they can hang off of. They know what they can jump on. I did have the question, why does he need to be a gymnast in this? Like, why is that shoehorned in? But I guess mm-hmm. that, you know what? You just you found the most loose tie that I'm willing to accept, I think. So that's uh, – <laughs> I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Um, the gymnasts and a high, with the high bars, the gymnastics high bars were actually – in the warehouse as well. Just yeah, of course. That's common. That was uh, Those were normal in 80s warehouses until the implementation no, back, of workplace safety uh, regulations, I think. No, no. Back in those days, um, <laughs> workers didn't take their uniforms back home with them to clean. They would wash them uh, out in the sun and then they'd hang them to dry on the bars in, in the warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think, I think we've got another – in naked. We've got another 80s trope though, and I think that's gymnastics. Oh, good point. Yeah. I think that was a big, like, I don't know if it was the Olympics or what the hell it was, but I think everybody seems to be, like, it was a big 80s thing. There was another 80s movie that I loved that was literally about a guy who was a gymnast, and his only event was, uh, no, sorry, he did the high bar and he did the the rings, is that what it's called, where they hang off the rings and do the iron cross and yeah. all that stuff. And this and this guy was supposed to be like a crazy badass, uh, and he's a gymnast, and he's got a bar out in like his uh, in like a forest that he goes to train on, and uh, it's it's put up between two trees, but it's. <laughs> It's a, a it's an actual bar and he's like spinning and doing these like quadruple backflips and stuff and landing on piles of leaves and just sticking I it. Think you I, know? I think I think gym- gymnasts in the Olympics were hugely popular in the eighties and the nineties. Yeah. Like I do yeah, remember sure. that being big drama, and I think the Americans were winning, so that's probably what was going on. So he's out there and he's blowing off steam. He's doing the uh, footloose equivalent of having a quiet little jerk sesh to himself. And what's the most awkward thing that can happen when you're doing that? Somebody bar- uh, barges in on you. Right. I was predicting it. I, I, well, obviously, it was so obvious someone's going to walk in. So um, she's – well, she's had uh, Rusty. Rusty is a nickname I think that Ariel gave her based on the condition of her vagina relative to Ariel's. Oh, uh, come because, on now. No, too much? 
<laughs> that's my second to last vagina joke, I think. I, I, okay. okay. Yeah, oh, I'll save so it for you, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> you're playing to our uh, our lesbian base here. Very good. <laughs> oh, the, the demographic, we're up over 70% female. I don't fucking understand it. Uh, at all. Uh, uh, round of applause for the lesbian Can we audience. have a small round of applause for them? Let's do it. <laughs> Thanks for listening, ladies. Thanks for listening. So Ariel gets in there and he is immediately off put by this, as anybody would be. Uh, and she asks him the greatest, most unself-aware question she could possibly ask him. Why don't you like me? She's been a stone cold bitch to him I the entire that. movie. She was I on the that. team of the man in the other tractor trying to kill him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's also suicidal. She doesn't like herself. Oh, damn, that's deep. I'm just, I'm just so saying. Going darker than I was going to go. I'm just deep, saying. No, <laughs> deep as deep as her well used vagina. That's a bonus. You can't one blame for uh, men uh, out of this era for for believing that women wanted to be treated badly in order to like you (laughs) well honestly i mean if this was what was going on in the media i mean a lot of the 80s stuff that i enjoyed and watched uh, because i was a child had nothing to do with male and female relationships it was about uh, robots and spaceships and uh that kind of stuff so i didn't catch a lot of this stuff i was telling you guys before there's a lot there's a big 80s blind spot for me for someone who loves the 80s in general and that is this kind of thing okay and uh but boys, they're a theme about how women treat men and men treat women. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've treated you like shit. I've done everything right. And you're still <laughs> trying to get in my pants. What's wrong? We did find out later in the movie after he uh, tried to knock her teeth out uh, that Chuck did treat her decent. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Well, that's according the to Chuck. According that's to the, Chuck. Yeah. I, I love, though, it, it was clearly... Uh, to me, a moment where I realized that the definition of the word decent has changed over the years. Because <laughs> if you if, if you told your wife, you know, ah, whatever, I'll tr- I treat you decent, you know, she would not think that that was a ringing endorsement. Um, she really shifts gears, though, Ariel. She goes right from why don't why don't you like me is the turning point, and then from that moment, it's wh- why haven't you kissed me yet? Why aren't you going to kiss me now? <laughs> And she also says, you think I'm small town, which to me is her, obviously, entire persona. Well, give me a break. When she brings up that uh, she's paranoid that he thinks that she's country. Yes. Obviously, some self-esteem issues there. Small town, right? She's organizing tractor chicken chicken, uh, games, and she's got cowboy boots on. And uh, I don't know what she expects him to think there. She's she's leaning into small town. Yeah, that's obviously the big chip on her shoulder. But nothing that she does choice wise does anything to fight against that. You know what I mean? It's her chip on her shoulder, but she's not doing herself any favors in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's clearly a self-esteem issue. Um, And then we get kind of the first seemingly positive look at her. And it's a weird choice to me anyway, but she brings him to the place they call the yearbook. And it's just, I don't even know what it was. Was it a, was it like a train it. car? Did not care for it. What was that thing? Did you guys well, catch we that? Why don't we get our resident train expert, Mr. CN Rail himself? No, it just looked like some kind of maintenance uh, car. And it was um, it was completely psycho scribbled all over by presumably tens or potentially even hundreds of children. And possibly Kevin mental Bacon, patients. Also. Kevin Bacon randomly glanced at one of the poems, and it sure enough, it happened to be hers. 
That wasn't even her best work, by the way. No, no, that wasn't. I, the best stuff is on the bottom of the car. But, uh... <laughs> my, uh, my note for this is it's the first time Ariel shows any depth that wasn't in her vagina. Uh, you good. Uh, then, then she trains dodges like a complete psychopath. And this is somehow translated oh, into a romantic moment. But he never should have spoken to her again after this. Yeah. Like, no, they leave, they leave the, the yearbook and she goes and tra- <laughs> <laughs> she goes and hops in front of the train and screams at it. And he watches her and he had to tackle her to get out of the way. I don't know that she was going to get out of the way. She would have died. She yeah, would have died. Yeah. That's the second time in the show. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> that's you know I like and okay obviously gosh I don't want to go down too many deep paths here but depression is a serious problem uh, all sorts of all sorts of issues but I mean like this is a character not a good character um, <laughs> there like it, it's hard to say like so what I, I was looking at um, either the IMDb one or the uh, the Wikipedia entry for this and they refer to her as an independent. Uh, independent girl or an independent teen. And it's like, whoa, yes. hang on a fucking second. No, yeah. she was suicidal. She's not yes. independent. That's a choice only you can make. That is an independent choice. That's <laughs> true. That's true. And again, it seems so funny to me that she is so far outside of the normal, uh, you know, kind of 80s female love interest. She is obviously a very strong personality and that's good. It's good that they have a strong female lead, but they didn't have to make her <laughs> fucking bat shit crazy she's an absolute psychopath nobody should be her friend well i think it's just best that we leave her out of the list of strong female leads in that era (laughs) (laughs) just for the females out there so ridley and you can can imagine why uh if i have a daughter one day i'll tell her listen this is the girl you want to be like society uh sort of telling uh young men this is the kind of woman you're looking for if you can find a lady like this start a family <laughs> you're not going to regret it in 10 years yeah, Trust I'd, us. Much, I'd much rather go with like a, a Nicki minaj or a kim kardashian you know really strong <laughs> yeah. There you go. yeah current there you go. Yeah. current figures are much better um wow so now when you say figures <laughs> yeah she's a number one she's literally Arr! a complete set. she's a stick <laughs> Uh, I think she's a very particular of the time representation of uh, a beauty. I, I think she was hot stuff at the time, but it's hard to look back. Like, I think she's uncomfortably skinny. I don't want to yeah. get into, you know, the physical judgments where like with uh, our lawyer chick from Tiger King, who once we saw her hips, you guys tore her to shreds. Um, now, I didn't tear her to shreds. That's Amanda Green you're talking that, about. Amanda and Green. I think, yeah. Cutie McHaircut, Amanda Green. I think there was more thumb issues than hip issues. But. <laughs> Toe thumbs, I think it was specifically. Um, yeah, we shouldn't – I don't want to get off on just physical judgments of her, but she just – she doesn't do it for me on any level, personality-wise, look-wise. That's the hardest thing to get into on this is that love story aspect of it because I don't give a fuck if yeah. you know Ren ends up with this chick. In fact, I would prefer if he didn't because she's crazy and I think I dated her. You know what I mean? Like – <laughs> she's it's too much so she gets she gets home late and he gets and gets banned but then we find out uh willard has the big idea uh next to have a dance let's have a dance right and that was willard's idea not wren's wren figures out that this is his in this is how he's gonna ingratiate himself to this town we find out his motivation later has to do with 
Uh, when his dad left, he wanted to be the one to save things. Uh, he wanted to, he thought that that was in his control and that he could do it. And when he realized that nothing he did there mattered, it really uh, tore him apart. And he feels like this is this is something that he really can do and have a positive impact and accomplish something. And that means a lot to him. And that's that's probably the nicest message in the whole movie. And the nicest thing about Ren uh, that we find out is the reason he wants this dance is not just for himself. So he can, you know, try to grind up on chicks on the dance floor. It seems like it's for a, a real positive reason for him and his newfound friends. No, I'm on board with that. It, the, the dance seems like a genuinely good thing. And I was happy. Like when they got to the dance, I was like, oh, well, this is nice. Look at it. Well, once people actually started dancing, which was weird. It's like, okay, you guys can't do this. And then they're all sitting around just kind of like looking at each other, being bored. Dance it's would like- have meant nothing though if they hadn't turned Reverend Shaw around. Yeah. That was the real win. Yeah. Saving the man from himself. I agree with that. Have yeah. you guys ever heard of a Bible convention? No. So he, I think he I mentions, know what it is, but. He mentions going to a Bible convention, and I thought, well, that's interesting. And I looked it up. There's not a lot of not a lot of information online about Bible conventions. Oh, they don't put that on the internet, bro. They communicate more <laughs> through prayer. That's the case, eh? <laughs> I don't know. No, you got to be in to be in. Uh, it's private message groups yeah (laughs) shower (laughs) scene you know i I made a note here from the shower scene that there were lots of buns uh was that a positive (laughs) note or a negative note no it was just a note just so i know where heads are yeah i I also wrote that he watched all of his friends like intently shower yeah Yeah. lean he was everybody else was actively showering and he was just leaning and watching and chatting Hanging and, up. and sitting As right next do. to another naked, well, not naked, I guess, towel, but still, there's a lot That's of room right. to sit. Yeah. Now, to be yeah. fair, Chris Chris Penn was in his prime. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> on credit where credit's due here. Uh, it has a dual meaning, but Dan's looking for the uncut footage. That's well, mm-hmm. good that luck. He's got to bootleg it. Um, did you guys notice that at the dance there was pie served? Did you guys see that? I didn't know. Are there you was at the pie final dance? and cake. Yeah, yeah, I've moved on. I've moved There's on, one guys. more dance between that that kind of sets up the Willy Lou. Nobody cares. <laughs> it's like halfway through. What do you guys think about the scene, though? It, it's it's kind of the entire basis of Willard's character is we find well, out that he can't dance. And so yes. he's got no confidence when they go to the bar. And so well, uh, I'm willing to talk put, about the the dance training montage. Yeah, he's put um, through a nine so, a nine step program. Do you guys yeah. remember the nine steps? <laughs> One note before the nine step program, where Willard gets upset for presumably a 45 year old man dancing with his teenage date. Yes. Uh, so that and 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 she he, Willard says, "Hey, man, that girl came here with me." And then the guy says, "Well, it doesn't look like she's leaving with you," implying. <laughs> <laughs> Home run! This forty-year-old guy is taking this seventeen-year-old girl home. I but just thought was, that what was, was Willard's, strange. Uh, response: Willard's response to the guy who has got a bit of a got a bit of a tummy on him. Uh, Willard asks him, "When the la- when's the last, last time you time saw, you saw your dick?" <laughs> Classic Willard. Classic nice. Willard, right there. Classic oh, Willard. Man. All right, be uh, that guy's one. dick. Step uh, step one <laughs> of Willie learns to dance. Do you guys remember all the steps? I we think do that some... was uh, like an elephant walk through the hallways with with a, a Walkman. Yeah, I think Finger that was snaps. step one. Look, I've oh, been to yeah, Montana the, a few times. I haven't been to Oklahoma that often. 
I've been to Montana and it seemed similar in many ways. And I don't think that if anyone in that town saw what those two were doing in school, on the prairies, out in the open, in the forest with two children, that uh, they'd be allowed to stay in that town. Okay. Yeah. Once uh, they brought the kids in, that was, that was, that took a different direction. <laughs> Like, what are we doing here? That was not. We're trying fly for wholesome, any, not wholesome. Yeah, look, I don't like to box the flyover states in. You guys know me, but that's not going to fly in a flyover state. It's just not going to fly. Now, There's having all been kinds to, of wrong. So, and and just to go back to being having gone to Oklahoma because I've gone to Oklahoma, I was in Broken Bow, Oklahoma, one time, and and you guys may recall they have a thriving Bigfoot community there. <laughs> the whole community, I knew. <laughs> you may remember that. This actually ties in because uh, John Lithgow was also the star of uh, Harry Mason. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> yeah, great. Uh, I don't full love circle because now. your feet's too big. Dan remembers the song. Dan, Harry and the Hendersons is in my notes before you even brought up your Sasquatch community. Really? Uh, because he gives his daughter a corsage. And I said, I'm not sure if it was the corsage that Harry ate in Harry and the Hendersons. I guess Harry, cor- Harry eats a corsage. Yeah. <laughs> We're really narrowing down the audience for this show. <laughs> <laughs> Can we go back to the pie at the last dance? It's almost yeah. just us. Yeah. I want to go to the last dance too. Uh, so the glitter. For, but but first, yeah, glitter on the camera everywhere. But first, guys, uh, what was what do you guys think of the choice to have Ren do this seemingly great presentation to city council where he knew his audience, he gave them the material that they needed. It seemed like it was going to be a big win, and he still fucking loses it. He lost the vote. That to me was such a weird story decision. No. This is the guy who walks into a new town, smiling at everybody, jerking around, being the dick that you described. And then he kind of clams up when he has to talk to some adults behind the table, which I thought was a little out of character. Real story. uh, Kevin Bacon was nervous to do that scene because Kevin Bacon does not like doing public speaking. None of that makes sense. That was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't matter. So you called it. <laughs> several, several sources provided that that was he's one of the speaking. reasons why he's, he's so uncomfortable. He's no, pretending he to public that, speak. But he he's was different. he was still had to read those lines in front of that whole room, and he he intentionally prepared for that by not memorizing the lines that he had to read from the Bible, so that it would be as authentic as possible. He's a method actor. It's very. Oh. Uh, He's like yeah. Daniel Day Lewis. Is Daniel Day Lewis? Does Daniel Day Lewis have a band? I wonder the the Lewis Probably. Brothers band. You think um, his band is actually called uh, Six Degrees of Daniel Day Lewis? <laughs> hey, so I, um, it sounds to me like Dan, uh, Craig prepared for this podcast by clicking ten unbelievable facts about footloose. You won't believe number eight. <laughs> oh, if you think, if you think. That the articles I clicked on only had 10. You are sorely mistaken. <laughs> hey, just just real quick. I don't mean to be a nerd. Um, so Ren not not winning the argument at town council, that actually fits into most storylines. There's, uh, there's a guy um, a guy called Joseph Campbell who I, I, I kind of paid attention to a little bit. And he's, he's passed. Now he's a little bit older. But he came up with this thing called the hero's journey or, or the model. Yeah, you got to have the fall. So that, well, yeah, you got to have the fall, but the hero, yeah, the hero has to lose before he succeeds. Exactly. Yeah. So you've got to have some, he's got to try and he's got to fail and then he's got to try again. And actually that kind of goes back to the shoelace thing too on the thing, on the, on the tractor, because the, um, 
there also has to be a point where he he rejects or he or she uh, rejects the call to adventure. Uh, and I feel like him trying to get off of there was the rejection of the call potentially, but he still was, he, he couldn't choose not to because he was tied into it. Literally. You so, should send Alex Kurtzman some uh, advice. Uh, so I don't have to watch another shitty star Trek ever again in my life. <laughs> <laughs> some of these All basic right, points are lost on him. It's very yeah. insightful. Very insightful. I, I, no, you know, whatever. Yeah. I was not thinking along those lines, but that makes a lot of sense. Because like as you're saying this, I'm trying to think, was there another spot where yeah. Ren, you know, had his, his struggle and his loss? And there isn't really. Yeah. Well, and so you've got other things like you've got, there's usually some sort of uh, a mythical or wise person that gives advice. And that's the, that's the manager at the, yes. uh, at the, yeah. at the mill. He's he the gives Yoda him the advice. The that's exactly yeah. right. He's a, he's a mustachioed Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he even shows up at the end uh, yeah. tell the reverend you done good we didn't cover Anyways. the nine steps of the uh of the dancing program but we don't have to oh good you sure you don't want to go through them all you're okay with not going through them all? <laughs> dan shut the hell up <laughs> the end result though the end result and what we get yeah. when prom begins dancing. we get to okay, i'll tell you what we get uh is lung Willard, cancer and every single person in that room <laughs> is Willard Willard doing a weird imaginary jump rope move where he's chest bumping with other people, which that ends was really in a weird Travolta pose uh, from yep. Saturday Night Fever. And yep. I didn't think that if that was his recital and Kevin Bacon was there to grade him, I didn't think he'd have good scores. Well, but then he loosens up a little bit. You're right. That's really sure. weird to begin with. Um, yeah. So, and, and also we kind of see, we kind of see uh, him have his own little arc too, because he finally learns to not fight, but then he's forced into a fight. The guys try to fight with him because that's like his first, his go-to is to fight. But then he's like, no, Rusty has promised she'll probably do something dirty to me if I don't fight. So I'm, I'm not going to fight. But then he, he's, re- he's really kind of quartered into it there. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. when they both come in covered in dirt, uh, when they walk through the doors, yep. there must be some really strong blowers at the door because they are pristine, crystal clear That's uh, right. as soon as they get back into the dance hall. So that was uh, nice. And then it's we get standard the line mill. Yeah. to start the party. And we started the podcast with it. Ty? I thought this was a party! Let's dance! <laughs> Goosebumps, guys. Goosebumps. I want to get up and dance right now. That was a lot of fun. So that, that was a fun scene where they got so up hard. and they danced. I was I was happy for that part. I was. Nice. I was happy too. Uh, and Ty already touched on it quickly, but who the fuck know. spilled confetti all over the goddamn camera? No, that's honestly a health hazard. Uh, <laughs> you inhale that much shit into your lungs like that. I mean, I mean, you're breathing deep. You're dancing. You're physically exerting yourself. I don't know what the hell was going on there, but it's incredibly distracting to me. It, I could not even be in that room. My one big takeaway watching the dance, and there's a couple of points where there's some, you know, some smooches exchanged and some of the professional dancers who have been oppressed in this town for five years are finally allowed to break out all their finely choreographed routines, is that I think Reverend Shaw was probably right to want to stop this thing. Because I think probably 15 to 20 pregnancies are going to come out of this dance. Uh, well, you might have missed them because I know you missed the arcade pullout thing. But there's a couple of HJs going on on the bleachers in the back of the room. <laughs> you know, I don't there's know about that happen. because 
I thought they actually tried to make it as unsexual at the end as possible. Like it just I looked agree. like fun party dancing. Yeah. You know, I was, was sort of pleasantly surprised that that yeah. was what was uh, happening because that's yeah. not how it would go down if it were remade today. Yeah. No. yeah. Well, so they made a 2011 Footloose, and no, and they didn't. No, yeah, I watched not. that one and thought, no, you this did kid. It. I didn't see Kevin Bacon in this at all. Did well, you watch not, it, Dan? No, I didn't watch that. No, oh God! <laughs> oh my God! I've never seen it, and I refuse. <laughs> no. I don't like, see it either. I, I hope like a, I don't get picked for the end of this episode then. To me, it's like the new. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> well, that would be such a dick move. <laughs> to me, it's I like wouldn't the show new up for the recall. second episode. Yeah, it's like a new Total Recall. I'll never watch it. No, um, I unfortunately I did see that and it was trash. Yeah. But I bet. you know, they, you, there's no way they could keep the spirit of what this was if they remade it now. Because to me, and I think. I've heard enough from you guys to feel that feel relatively the same. It's it's kind of sweet in its way. The, I wish Ariel wasn't Ariel, but in terms of um, <laughs> Reverend Shaw and Ren and uh, Ren's buddy, those are nice kind of stories, and every, everyone's genuinely a likable person. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's some bad actors, but uh, it's a it is a feel good movie, and it, it's not like you don't roll your eyes because it's just trying to be outrageous for the sake of it. And uh, it's been a while since I've seen something like that. So here's the question: We are at the end of this movie now. Would you guys watch this again, somewhere down the line? Yeah, it, I mean, yeah. If it was on and I was channel flipping, and I was well, it was already a, a quarter over, and I didn't have to watch uh, the um, the Van Dam uh, splits move between two cars, <laughs> I'd probably watch the rest of it. Yeah. Okay. So nice. I don't know if I would stop on like if I was with friends and we were like let's watch a stupid movie and just drink and make fun of it I would I would watch it I don't know if I would stop on it to like I'm not flipping through the channels and then like oh okay I'll check the yeah oh, hey look I'm gonna watch it nah, that, I don't think that would happen okay. I'll give it this I am way more likely to stop and watch it than I am most of the movies I was actually excited to see in the last decade that turned out to be shit. <laughs> That's fair. Mm. And, yeah. and actually that ties in and it's a weird, it's maybe a weird note, but the credits for this movie, I don't know if you guys watched the credits. I did because I wanted to find out who the best boy grip was. Cause I've been making that stupid joke that ties the best boy grip. <laughs> <laughs> and there That's was not, yeah, there was, there was not a best boy grip on this movie. Are you serious? The credits the cre- here's the thing we're used to avengers cgi fest with four shooting crews across five continents on mm-hmm. like or, or cgi movies uh like you know i go with my son to see the lego movie too and we stay because there's music and fun things happening on the credits and they're 12 minutes long uh the credits on this were like a, a minute 45 and they were done and almost all of it was the music rights of all the different songs well it was like I- simpler times right like just it wasn't such it wasn't so hard to make a movie. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think and I mean, maybe there's, there's plot holes, but well, I think, uh, I think there might've been actually been a rule change because they had more of the credits in the beginning. Also remember just the feet dancing for three and a half minutes. Uh, and I think that used to be how a lot of movies were. I don't know if it was just a cultural shift or if that was a, like a, a regulatory shift. We um, still got all of those people in the end credits though. Yeah. I thought you would have to double them up. Uh, that's yeah. my impression as well. Yeah. Really? You'd, yeah. yeah I'm pretty did. sure the rule is you have to, if, it doesn't matter if you put them in the beginning, you have to put yeah. them in the end. Well, then I'm, I'm all for simpler movies. <laughs> 
So guys, it's funny that you can get the same problems out of not enough people making a movie as you can with 3,000 people making a movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but here we are, 26 years later. Is, is my math right? Uh, 84. Uh, no, no 30, that's uh, 36, 36 years later. Yeah. Yep, there you go. 36 years later talking about yep. it. So they must have done something right. Yeah. Uh, even though I forced your hands. It seems like you guys enjoyed it a little bit. And mm-hmm. uh, I appreciate you taking the trip down memory lane. Let's do our very last thing. Winners and losers. Uh, Dan Hurt, you go first. Okay, winners. I don't know. John Lithgow. John Lithgow. Reverend Shaw Moore. Yeah, Reverend Shaw. I, like I think that his character, his character grew in in the story, and he. I mean, he was a little stiff to begin with, but he wasn't. Uh, he was a well-meaning character. Yeah. No, I kind of like him. I liked him. John Lithgow loser? is my favorite. Yeah. My loser. Jesus, it's it's kind of got to be Chris Penn. I feel bad about this. I didn't even know he died. Wow. What? <laughs> Because he's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Because he died 24 years after the the movie came out. I mean, I know know Chris Penn from a few things. The first thing I think I really knew him from was Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Yeah, And he was just a big goofball, right? But um, yeah, man, what a bummer. Because he's such a, he seems like a really fun guy. Like, I'd like to hang out with him. Is that a mushroom joke? (laughs) We are dads now, so I mean. <laughs> no. All right, so those, those are my. Uh, there you go. If it okay. wasn't, it is now. Ty, Ty Roberts, winners and losers. I want to say Shaw too, and I, as the winner, I'm not going to pick sure. another one just to be uh, safe. I was. I, I assumed Dan was going to take Ariel as the loser, uh, since he didn't. I will. I don't like mm-hmm. her. And, and, uh, <laughs> you shouldn't. Why would I? <laughs> <laughs> She's a terrible person. Uh huh. What do you think about her, Alan? <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Alan was along for the ride for this one. Yeah. Uh, my winners and losers, my winner. Uh, we This is the first time we've ever been unanimous, gentlemen. Uh, I had Shaw written as the winner, as the hey, only person who showed some significant personal growth uh, throughout the whole episode. Yes, he started obviously at a low point, but we get along the way different instances of him demonstrating that he's not all bad, uh, where he talks about uh, you know, not banning books where he, you know, he, he does a couple things along the way to show his human side uh, other than this dancing thing. And when you boil it down, the dancing and the music thing is because this man suffered an unbelievable personal loss. Yeah. Right. right. Like that's really brushed under the rug that this is a reactionary thing where he is trying to protect a town from experiencing the pain that he experienced right. when he lost his son. That right. is legit. That Which, was- unfortunately, you're right, doesn't get too much. Th- that should have been focused on a little bit better, but it at least was enough there to, to for us all three to catch it and, and yeah. feel it because um, it's a brilliant bit of writing from whoever wrote this thing. Yeah, that really made him a great character from start to finish, and somebody who you thought you would hate out of the gates. Yes, and who you end up not hating, which is kind of angry, uh, rare. Yeah, the angry sermon to to kick him off. Yeah, uh, was very well positioned to set him up. You're like, oh, I'm not supposed to like this guy, and yeah. it works. It works mm-hmm. well. Um, my loser is Chuck. This guy does not catch a fucking win the entire time. And you you talked about it, Ty, that it's nice to just see a bad guy who's just a fucking bad guy and he wasn't 
you know, yeah. in the dance line at the end. And everybody's like, oh, silly Chuck tried to murder me with a tractor, but he's an mm-hmm. okay guy. We're yeah. going to, you know, we'll get along in math class next week. It is ridiculous that in a movie these days, subverting the expectations is now making the bad guy a bad guy. Because, I mean, for God's sake, every bad guy has to be. I, I don't off. mind that, though. I don't, I don't mind that at all. Because, I mean, to have to have real conflict, there's got to be a good reason for it. And you know what? Yeah. I actually thought. Uh, but that's okay. You can still. I don't know why this just popped into my head. But I just was thinking of bad guys. Khan from The Wrath of Khan. <laughs> no way. Okay. I think I have a guess as to why. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this. Bad. This is a bad guy who has an excellent reason to be bad, but that doesn't mean he has a path in front of him to make himself redeemed. Sure, There's right. a lot of that. I mean, you go too far and you're too far. I mean, yeah. but it just seems like now every movie wants to see how far they can take the bad guy before they reverse it. And you're supposed to be surprised at the end. I just don't like it. So Chuck ran that whole goddamn town until Ren showed up, right? Rennie yeah. McCarrick showed up and he really stole got the shaft. It all, stole it all from him. He yeah. lost his girl. His truck's fucked up. Um, <laughs> he's got to a mention great his future. dad's tractor. Yeah, his dad's his, business his, is ruined. Yeah, his dad's a hundred G's in debt on a new tractor. <laughs> And he's going to kill himself. What has he got? Yeah. He's got a great future as a country music artist, I think, is, is yeah, what's yeah, ahead for, for Loser Chuck. Oh, I hope he turned it around because, I mean, he, was not a, he wasn't a great guy, but he didn't deserve that, for God's sake. <laughs> so, gentlemen, Footloose is in the books. We yep. are done. Ty Roberts and Dan Hurt, pick a number from 1 to 10. The closest without going over on my random number <laughs> generator is going to choose our topic for next episode. One. Okay. <laughs> What? Ty does not want to win. Price is right rules. You said no without okay, going said, over. Okay. The closest so, without going over. <laughs> Price is right rules. Hang on. Ty picks first. Dan, pick a number. I, I mean, I want to say seven, but I don't know if – I don't I understand the rules. I, yeah, understand yeah, the rules. I, I do. <laughs> Check in the number. Is, the number is ten. Dan, you have the you have the pick. Oh, you, you're uh, a liar. Guys, I'm 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 really genuinely torn between two things, and we're not um, doing both of them. No, no. Well, I mean, we just did Footloose, so doing Footloose 2011 does seem a little <laughs> a little redundant. Um, so a friend of mine. So do you guys remember how there was? How how in the, the the primer episode or whatever the hell we're calling that thing, uh, the trailer, the preview, um, yeah. How I said I'm kind of thinking about you know revisiting things that I kind of remember being cool as a kid, yeah. Uh, and then and then being like, okay. So a buddy of mine made a suggestion when, when we were texting back and forth tonight. I was I was going to do one thing, but I think I have to go with this suggestion because it's a thing that I have honestly been afraid. Oh, hang on, hang on. I got to check spit this. it out. I'm so sorry. No, I have to check if it's available because if it's not available, oh, right, I haven't right. checked it. Yeah. I'm just going to check real quick. Can we here. get that so- uh, several moments later drop? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dan's internet guys, research. I'm, s- I'm so sorry. I'm so Looking sorry. up stuff online. I knew this was a good drop to get. <laughs> I knew so- I could use it. Okay, it's not there. Ooh, okay, so, Ty, I don't know if I'm while he's looking, is there a better way for me to do this random generation thing that you guys will feel better with? Because I've done it, honestly, both times, but you guys have questioned my uh, authenticity both times, and I'm not a fan of that. Well, it has more to do with just who you've been as a person for the last few years. And Okay, that's fair. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> Nobody I'm likes you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay, I'm just checking Netflix right now. A few moments later. 
<laughs> okay, it looks like we have to go with my original uh, original suggestion because so then I'm going to give it away. I, I I wanted to look at and I've been afraid to look at Men with Brooms. That's a curling which, movie, isn't it? It is a curling movie, and I'm pretty I've never sure. Seen it. I'm pretty sure it's terrible, but it's not on Amazon. It's not on Netflix. So I'll, I'll have to look into that. And maybe I'll, I'll keep that in my back pocket. Oh, okay. So that that means, was your friend's suggestion. So you burned that and, one. It's and no it's, good. Been, okay. it's, it's been, you know, it's one of those things where I watched the opening credits about six years ago and I thought, this is a giant piece of dog shit. Um, but I remember it being a good movie. Anyhow, gentlemen, what we're going to do is we're going to go with a movie that's available on so YouTube. So Dan's taking a pass, right? So I'll, I get to go now? That's not how this went. If he oh, doesn't pick something in the next 15 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do we're going to do Tech War, which is available oh on Oh my god. <laughs> which is available on Shatner. YouTube. It's Shatner's Shatner. Tech War. It's a Shatner oh, original. Jesus, uh, he wrote it. He <laughs> stars Jesus in it. Jesus Christ Dan. almighty. Dan. I- yeah, yeah, you heard, you heard the part where I said we have a seventy percent female audience, right? <laughs> well, yeah, no, that doesn't matter. They're that's, not there for our picks, guys. That's what we're doing. That's <laughs> They're there we're for doing. the dulcet tones of Ty and Dan. Yeah, you got to and, uh, uh, you got to make us watch Footloose. And, so, what um, is the what is the don't source on this thing? Thank you. This is <laughs> you're welcome, Alan. Uh, <laughs> this is this is from 1994. Uh, wait a second, I have to. Oh boy. Yeah, you gotta have a synopsis. I may have to ready. take a pass oh, on. Craig, this. I want you to know uh, I was ready with all my information in case I was picked. Is this oh. a TV movie? This is. I think so. Uh, it was it no, it definitely movie. wasn't a theater movie. I 100 was not. I'm, I'm IMDb at, says it's a says it's a six out of ten TV movie from 1994. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's about right. You're gonna see some TV special effects. Look, I know I have an awareness of, of this because I'm a William Shatner fan, being a Star Trek fan, right? William Shatner uh, played Captain Kirk, for those of you who don't know. So William Shatner, attempting to make some cash off of his uh, sci-fi fandom, wrote a sci- – now, Dan, did he really write this? Or was this ghostwritten or what? Well, I mean, it could have been ghostwritten. I mean, he's, he says he wrote it. I so would he writes a sci-fi. He wrote, it. Okay. Yeah. he wrote a sci-fi, okay? I've read I, the book, by the way. As a massive William Shatner fan in the 90s, it's probably my peak enjoyment of his work, okay? Ghostwritten by Ron Goulart. Ghostwritten by go. Ron there Goulart. So I saw this. I saw an ad for this, I remember. And I laughed and said, I ain't watching that. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? And here we are. It's 2020. Yes, you are. And I could not escape it. Uh, so, guys, well, it is, so, uh, it is yeah. July 30th right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for our listeners, we will uh, commit to having this in your uh, feed by the end of August, but hopefully sooner, because that's four weeks away. Yeah, that's it seems plenty fair, of time. Yeah, yeah. That's plenty of time. Um, yeah. That's all we have for today, guys. Uh, I guess we're we're good to go. Let's get uh, let's get to the credits here. Um, obviously, oh, here we go. We got our music. Now, you calling attention to the music doesn't make it a very smooth transition. It's true. This yeah. episode was written and produced by myself, Ty Roberts, Dan Hurt. Sound and editing by Ty Roberts. We have more music from Kevin McLeod mm-hmm. at zapsplat.com RIP to our guest uh, guys we love you we're happy you're here um, I don't really have anything else to say to you guys other than I am not really sure what to do with tech war but let's do it <laughs> I am we'll super excited it guys together. it's been swell good night good Bye, night buddy. everybody that's about gonna wrap it up for a Friday night time to turn out the lights and say good night <laughs> <laughs>